Welcome back, everyone, to the next edition of the FCC Podcast. I am your current commissioner and host, Kirk Swanner. Joining me today, we got a new perspective to the to the podcast. I'm really interested to get some feedback here. Uh, Mr. Kyle Vendeventer. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, and you? Great, man. So for the guys that don't know, Kyle is a referee, and you did five of the six, you did five FCC matches this year, correct? Correct, yes. So that's so the regular season is only six weeks, and you didn't get any of the playoff matches. So you did basically almost, you know, five of six regular season matches. So that's a huge portion of the ability, of the amount of opportunities that you could have done. You you got a lot of them. So let's just get your feedback on what you thought of the uh, college D one A matches this year. Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed his matches this year. It it's totally a different vibe when you go to a college compared to like a club. When I went to the college games, like it, it feels a great energy with like the coaches come seeing you in the morning, saying hello, talking, asking questions, and going to the team. Mostly more respect teams because they're like a little bit younger and they still new to the game, but they they love the atmosphere of it. And like had some competitive teams this year, like um, FSU. I think it's um, Tallahassee FSU. They were like really good to to go to this year when I was traveling up there, making the trip, they were like, it was just a great vibe going up there. They had nice spectators. They were like great playing players this year as well. And it was just a great atmosphere going up to this, this colleges this year, making the trips out of it. It's totally different game when you, when you come to the college level, because it's a lot more competitive and it's close to games and it, the players are still new players as well. And it's just exciting to see how the, Rugby's are developing back here in the colleges. Yeah, nice. Like the environment that referees are exposed to is a topic I really want to get into, but we'll come back to that one. Um, let's first dig into like how can the colleges, like what can we do as colleges to help? You know, like I, what I really want to do is, is I feel like there are times when there's like a, a, a gap sometimes between like the referees and like the players and the coaches. And I want to just try to shorten that gap up. So what can we do is like the colleges to help referees? Is it videoing games? Like, do you want feedback? Like if you do want, you know, like just what, what are your thoughts there as far as like, how can, how can we as club college clubs and college coaches and players, how, how can we help in this situation? Well, I, I believe it's definitely if you, if you're like the coach and you, making an effort to, to get in touch with the referee, even if you're like the, the away team, just being like, hey, we, we're coming up this weekend and just getting a little feedback with the referees, telling how your style is. Even if you're like, hey, um, we're very excited to see you this weekend. Or um, another good thing is like um, the videoing. It's, it's also great. And just being like having the respect to the referee develop um, committee. When, you, when the referee arrives, um, when he tries to, to figure out who he is and communicate with them because if you feel like if, if me as a referee if the coaches like when I just arrive at a field and I just get myself ready and the coaches come to me and say like hey we're excited for the game and we have this this is what we this is our plan this game and just having a little more in in touch with the referees I think it makes us feel a lot more comfortable of me arriving to the game knowing the the referee of the coaches reached out to me and said like, give me a little bit of feedback of what did they do. Even if just an email, like, hey, this past weekend, we, we, played, um, we played this team and 
we're, we're working really hard on our defense. So in the next game, we're going to step it up. So I just want to reach out to you like that. So it prepares me more to understand that. So they're going to play more defense. I need to see it, make sure my tackling techniques go right, the rocks go right. And when I arrive at the field, it's just more a friendly environment. So I don't have to be nervous who's the coach, figuring out who's the coach. And it just that, just that um, connection with the coach and referees, it makes it so much more better. It's better if they do that. How, how long have you been refing? And, and I ask that question so, because it's like, how many, how many, how many of the people do you know in Florida? You know, like the, are, are you meeting a lot of people for the first time? Um, so this is, so I can give you a little bit of feedback. Um, background of my, so I've been playing rugby for like 18 years now. I come from South Africa and I was playing. Really? So when South I Africa? 16, Couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, when I was six, so when I was 16 um, and I was still in high school, I started refereeing because like our season was half a year and then the rest of the time it's club rugby and I was just getting involved by refereeing club rugby. And then I had to make a choice between playing rugby in high school or starting to become a referee. I still kept playing um, rugby in high school. And then I came to the United States around in 2019, played rugby for a year and then fell into the um, referee community here in Florida. And then so my very first rugby season, full season was this, this year, um, the 2020 year. So I've been only refereeing for a year in America, but I've been refereeing, I had a background of like five, six years of refereeing. Yeah. Um, so, and that like taking the different from South Africa, how they reach out to you and how the colleges reach out to you. It's a, a different way by, by me just saying like, if the coaches reaches out to you, that, that makes us feel a lot better. And that, that's what we did in South Africa. And if we can do the same here on the college level, especially the college level, because that's more the competitive level. If you think about all the other levels in Florida, you know that's going to be more a physical game. So if you're more prepared for that, then you can just give the kids a lot better game. Right. So, yeah, I'm interested to hear, like in South Africa, my understanding is that we're not traveling these large distances, right? Like there, when, when you're going to ref in South Africa, like there's just these local comps that you're what's – the, what's the longest drive you'd have in South Africa to a match, I guess? Um, yeah, so you, we have a lot more, more rugby clubs in a, in a small community, like – my farthest game was probably like three hours, but my closest one was like 30 minutes away from my house. So, okay. Everything so, is too close in yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, um, the, so, yeah. So, in the, in the warm up or the pregame, right? So, like, let's make a friendly environment. So, when we see a, a guy walking up with, with some kid or a backpack or something, like, hey, is this the ref? And then, like, let's just talk to people. In general, let's just make a friendlier environment. Uh, one yeah. thing I will do when I ref is that when I go talk to the coaches and introduce myself for the first time, because, you know, I'm a lot of the games I'm doing, I'm meeting people for the first time as well, you know, and yeah, like the, the coaches, you know, like they, they know, I feel like the coaches know all the other coaches more, you know, because they interact with them so much more, but as refs, we don't interact with them that much. And so that first meeting is difficult sometimes, you know? So yeah, let's make that more friendly, but I will go up to the coach and ask them, Hey, like, is there anything you're guys trying to do in the game that I can help you out with? Right. Like, are you, are you, are you tactically planning for 50 22s? Like, are you trying to play, you know, like, is there anything tactical wise that you're trying to do that I can help with, you know? And I think that's kind of to your point, like if the coaches reaches out and, 
not not so much feedback post game, but like they've given us some of their desires pregame, right? Yeah, it, it makes your your approach to the game so much more easier when you arrive there. So you can have preparation. You, like that's the only thing. If, if they reaches out during the week of what it took back the last game, it's your preparation for the game. It's going to be so much easier because getting the feedback on the day is harder to adjust to game if you get the feedback all through the week so you can mentally prepare it mm-hmm. and work towards the game towards it. Like this year, the, the nice thing was like all the colleges had video film. So I was just watching a lot of games, seeing what they were doing and then taking what they were doing in the other game and just seeing how they were playing. And if even if I just got a, a feedback from any, um, like any coach that said like, hey, this is, we're more, we don't poach in the rocks. We don't want to do defense. So, for me, then taking looking at the video, I'll be like, okay, yeah, that's the way they will do this and that. So it makes it. Th- so you were you were you game. were putting in effort before watching yeah, video and prepping. Yeah, I, I was oh. trying to, I was trying to have them a good game because I don't want to just show up there and have unexpected stuff be in the way. I don't, I don't like being in the way. I would like to be prepared for what's going to happen. Like especially, and then when we get to the field, it's more like. What is what what is your special move like? So I don't stand in the way like oh when you're at the five meter, are you gonna throw to the front guy or so I don't stand in the way of the player? Then that's the questions I'll ask when I'm at the field. But seeing in general how they play, like just if they come close to the twenty two, they'll swing it wide. So I need to work wide. And if they stand in the halfway line, I need to I can stand at the back of the line out because I know the ball will come out. They're not gonna drive. So it's stuff like that that's like I'd like to take away. I'll, uh, I will say, you know, like, cause I coached quite a while before I picked up the whistle. Like I, you know, it's easy being a coach on the sideline and like, Oh no, this is the th- like ball goes dead out the, you know, goes dead in goal. It's like, Oh no, scrum back over here at the point of the kick. Like, how do you not remember this? You know, or like when you're standing on the sideline and you're not running around, like you can remember the whole law book inside and out. It's not an issue. Right. But like, it is way more difficult when you're running around just to have to remember everything. I remember, I mean, I botched a goal line dropout, like straight up botched it. Um, but like uh, in, in the game, you know, like uh, I told the, I told the team like, Hey, I, I don't remember. I don't know if I got this right or not. Let me check the law book at halftime. But like, this is the call I made. Let's play and let's see what happens, right? And I'm, you know, like as a ref, I'm really open uh, about like when I screw up, and I don't get my head ripped off very much, or if ever, actually. Like I typically, I'm very t- talkative, not talkative, but like I, I really try hard to like like you do to do a really good game. But I also try hard to like not be so separate does that make any sense you know like yeah here's a here's a question that i've been like pondering like i want to ask the question and then i'm gonna give some analogy and we'll come back to the question so is the referee are they more are the referee society is it more of a service provider or is it more like a public utility Right. And so when people ask me questions of like, what's the purpose of the Florida Rugby Union? I always respond with what's the purpose of your local municipality government? Right. To me, the Florida Rugby Union is a local governance structure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like the president is like the mayor 
right? The other vice presidents, they're like the city council. That's the voted, that's the democratic process of the union. And then Evan the gen- is the general manager. is like the city manager, right? The, the board yeah. tells Evan what to do. Evan, theoretically, if we had, you know, like, like the city council tells, tells the city manager what to do, the city manager then directs his subordinates that then go down. And that's how we, that's how we have a functioning city, right? So then like service providers are like, Comcast, right? It's like Spectrum Internet. You know, like, yeah. is Spectrum really necessary for a functioning city government? Or, like, to me, a service provider is not necessary. It's much, it's very helpful, right? Like, living without internet sucks. But um, to me, I think referees are more like the water pipes, a public utility, right? Like, you literally can't have a functioning city without water right you can't have a game without referees and so but like a service provider they're just totally independent of the local governance structure they could and and they're not ultimately like um they ultimately don't report back to the constituents whereas a public utility does you know so do you think the referees are are they a service provider or are they a public utility I think in, they're more like a public um, utility. Like, there, there is some referees here that, like, you, we don't. Really, they will take they the service do. provider approach. They are independent. Yeah. They're here to show up and blow yeah. the whistle on things that you do incorrectly. Yeah. And then, and then you get the guys that's just flowing with, going with the um, flow. Like, I like to be, um, I want to be at the game. I want them to have a good game and stuff like that. But there's some referees here that like, they just, if they need them, they go, go. Otherwise they'll not raise their hand up to make the, the effort to go towards it. They just lay back. It's, it's their problem till they really need them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they're not going to, they're not going to come out of, out and then say, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. it. It was, it's kind of tricky like that. Yeah. So it's a very, it's a very tricky question that it is. It's 50, 50 years like. You can't really put it on the on a pen of which one is which. So I, I take this I take the server sorry the utility approach and to me like what the purpose of the union is to deliver the best possible experience of playing rugby in Florida. So then yeah. if I'm a part of the local governor structure and I am imp, I am a part of the delivery of the experience of playing rugby in Florida, well then I'm going to try my best to make sure that the experience of playing on a Saturday is the best possible experience. You know I can I can help deliver on. And so, you know, and so that's why I will work real hard to talk people out of penalties. I've also was told, you know, like if you do want to get to the MLR, you know, you get 20 penalties in a match. That's it. Like only blow 20 penalties. You have to manage your way out of the rest, right? Like, don't just sit there and say, blow the penalty. Yep. You need to get out faster. Like talk to him. Hey, get out. Like, let it go. You know, right. Manage the situation. Right. Yeah, rather manage the situation than blowing it directly. Because if you can manage it, it, it looks a little bit better as well. So it doesn't look like you're just on your whistle the whole game. Well, like it, and you know, like penalties are not fun. You know, scrummages aren't fun. That's why for me, anything that it's like, I could, I can justify a straight down and not a knock. I do that because I, I don't want to have any pedal or any scrummages <laughs> possible. You know, like I, if if it's not a blatant knock on, I'm not calling it. And it pisses, it's, it pisses people off because it's new. But once I tell them, I, you know, I tell people before the game, I've been told not to do that anymore. 
but um, like I tell them and a lot of the coaches like, great. Yeah. Let's, you know, like we're here to play rugby. Let's stop fucking just blowing up everything. You know, and I think that's the service provider mentality is like, Hey, it's on the teams to like not screw up. I'm just here to, you know, be the judge and enforce the laws as opposed to like materiality is kind of where it kind of goes to. And, you know, like in the teaching of referees, they don't really talk about materiality until like a couple of years in, which I think is not the best way to go about it. But anyways, um, let's go back to the environment, you know, like the environment that referees are exposed to when they go to the game, right? Like typically I think it's very tough. Um, we'll first talk about how people talk to refs. You know, like to me, it's a very American thing to do. If you're a spectator yeah. to yell at a referee, like people boo at refs, you know, like all that type yeah. of stuff. And I, it's particularly worse, right. At the youth level, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, that's, that's very true. <laughs> so like, I think youth parents are like the worst. When I went to my stepson's soccer games, like, Oh God. The parents to just make the whole experience so. And again, if we're if our job is to deliver the experience, they're making the experience awful. Um, so, like the so that's why me I really want the clubs to really enforce the spectator sideline because I want the spectators on the opposite sideline of the players and the coaches, right? Because that you know, to me, it all starts at the head coach. When a head coach goes ballistic then the players go ballistic and the spectators go ballistic. And like yeah, everyone takes the energy from the head coach and the head coach just pass it on and everyone just gets hyped up about like just because of he's like mad at something. So everyone gets hyped up and is mad together. And that makes everything worse. And then yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. They so need th to be separated. Like this year the Florida Union said like we need to separate the coaches from the players after the the parents from the players and the coaches so the parents were on the other side the whole time so it worked out pretty good this year we didn't get you, you don't get yelled at as much on the college level here in florida you yeah. get yelled at more about like you said like the youth the high schools and those those people are the more the problem or the the clubs the senior clubs they are more um, more um, harder on yelling at you than the colleges so yeah. the, the college the the men's clubs are the like for me, the the toughest games are like Division Four because they're the most experienced and they know what the hell they're doing. And it's just like <laughs> the last time I did one, the the refer uh, the captain was just bitching and bitching and bitching. And I was like, Oz, yo, you get like pick your fucking battles, okay? Like if you complain to me about everything, I'm gonna give you nothing. So pick your battles much more intelligently. <laughs> and he like yeah. chuckled and he like fair, okay, thanks. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, that's true. Um, and then, so like during the game, do you, do you listen to the sidelines? Do you hear it very often? Oh, well, my, so the, my, no, not really. I'm not, I don't, I'm so focused on the game that it canceled it out. So I can just communicate with them. It, it was once a problem when I was still a little bit younger, like when I was more like 17, and those games were like tough for me because I was so focused more on the sideline than the game. Uh -huh. But now, now that I have like the, just the past weekend of the youth finals, that was like the fans were like going crazy yelling at me. But I was so focused on the game that I didn't even 
hear what they said. And then when I watched a video, I was like, whoa, this is actually what they said. And I was like, whatever, I didn't really listen to it. Because I was so focused on the game and trying, because there's different things that run through your head that, that I just can't um, worry about that. It's when yeah. the players start like going ballistic. But with my pre-chat with the players this year, my approach this year was, if you want to talk to me on the field, you talk through the captain. I don't want to hear you say holding. I don't want to hear you say offside. I'll, I'll control it because otherwise you take my focus off and I can't give you a good game if I can't focus on the game. So, yeah. and then let's see the, the colleges protest did it real good. I gave like each team at least one good penalty after it. And after that penalty they got, they, everyone just be quiet and the captain came to talk and the game went a lot quicker and a lot better because then they were so focused on the structures that nobody complained of me and then just the captain came and then I could have reasoned with them. And wow. so this year it was like a lot, it was actually a great year of rugby because I didn't get yelled at as much by the players as I did, as apparently did by the, par- uh, the spectators, but I don't even focus on that anymore. I just focus on the game. So like the, I t- I'll tell, when I rap, I'll tell the teams like, listen, you can ask me any question you want during the game. But the, the way in which you talk to me is how I'm going to respond, okay? So, like, <laughs> you get bitchy with me. Like, it's not, it's not going to be a good, right? But, like, you can ask me any question you want. You might not like the answer, but if you ask me in a respectful manner, I'll give you a respectful answer, right? And so, um, yeah, people ask me questions, but, like, yeah, people snap at me. I, I mean, I'll just snap right back at them. But... I don't know. It, I got, yeah, that's a double-edged sword because sometimes I can, I can t- probably get myself in trouble doing that because you also, because yeah. the, the toughest part about it, right, is that when you're refing, right, like it's, you're looking for the, you know, you're seeing a picture, right? And what I, I think one thing that the clubs, the colleges can do better is help paint better pictures for referees, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. So let's paint better pictures. And then like when the, unexpected outcome occurs you know specifically for me like you know you can usually predict okay tackle okay there should be a rock he needs to be out blah blah, blah. and you have to get that first infringement right because if you miss the first one you penalize the second one like you, you have to be really good about picking up the the first one right so like for me it's always i don't allow the the jackler in unless the tackler's rolled out like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you manage that. Like some I'm, people, that's like the problem where everyone goes. We'll penalize that instead of giving a breathing ear. Yeah. So I, so I, and I tell them like, listen, if you want to jackal, your tackle needs to be out. And I'm gonna be, re- I'm very harsh with the breakdown. That's usually what ninety percent of my penalties are at at the breakdown. Um, but I, but I also tell them like, if you if you go to counter ruck, I'll give you some more leeway. You know, like I'll encourage. If you want to waste some resources counter-rucking, I won't be so tar- hard on the tackler being out faster. But if you're going to go for a poach, he needs to be out. And if he's not out, I'm penalizing him, even if you have a good clean out, even if you have a good poach. It doesn't matter because he needs to be out to allow the ball carrier the opportunity to play the ball before the jackler comes in. That's kind of how I take it. And I think that's that's how I've been told, you know, like from the higher higher guys. That that's oh, yeah, no, yeah, but that's, that's a perfect approach to it, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a really good approach to it, yeah. But you have to you have to hustle because you got to be you know when those are contested breakdowns you got to be near them right and like your your presence of where you sit up at has an impact on the game right so if you're a referee that's on top of the breakdown all the time then the players sense that you're around they they're not going to fuck around as much yeah that's but, true um 
so you, you, before we started talking, you mentioned like, you know, it's always kind of more difficult dealing with the losing coach, right? Because I believe, and I can see it from the outside that coaches love to not focus inward on the players, right? It's easier, like path of least resistance, easier to blame the ref. Oh, the ref didn't call this. The ref didn't do that. The ref didn't do this as opposed to like, my players didn't paint a good enough picture at the breakdown. My players <laughs> threw a marginally forward pass, you know, like it's up to the supporting carrier, not, you know, to be, to have more depth so that there's a bigger window to th throw a good pass in. So it doesn't get called for, you know, like, so can you give me any feedback or any moments where like, you know, you, you play, you ref a good game, but yet you still get, you still get blowback from the losing coaches. Yeah. Well, like, like this weekend, I, this weekend, I, I read the state finals of the U19, and the team was, like, very upset after the game because they said I didn't give them, like, they they did some poaching that they should have got, but they were clean out right ahead, and they said, like, the team was offside the whole time, but I had ARs that, that identified that, but they were more sour that it is lost because they came into the game thinking they're going to, um, like, take this team real hard, like, real easy, and the team was more ready to play and then more, a lot more discipline. And mm -hmm. the team that lost wasn't very disciplined. They were like, they, they were offside, they knocked the ball on, they, they can't hold. And I think it was more frustrating for them because they lost because they couldn't do the, the small things right. And they were just trying all this big stuff. And then the coaches were like upset because they felt like I wasn't fair towards them. But the players was just not... They just couldn't get over the advantage line. They were struggling to get forward, forward ball. And the other team was just um, counteract, uh, countering that the whole time. Like, just taking that advantage of they can't get forward, so let's press harder. So, and yeah. I had, like, a lot of games where the coaches are upset about afterwards about the game. But taking the, like, back to the picture, like, one moment, they all, all going back to the one moment where, like somebody intercepted a ball and they said he was offside, but why couldn't they score when they were close to the goal line? Why right. couldn't they get over the line? So that's like the, the things they need to take in context. So yeah. sometimes it's easier to blame me on the end of the game. It's easier to blame someone else because you just couldn't get it. And I have to say, as a ref, you're going to have to accept that later because it is, it's always going to be you. It's no one else's fault besides yours. But on the end of the day, you should just keep your chin up and go forward. So as a as a referee, I, I just I just accept it and, and move on and try to, to get the feedback more of the game. It's difficult because we want to see closer games, right? Like yeah. a closer game is more fun for the players than blowouts. But then like yeah, in true. closer games, like <clears throat> the referees potentially could have a bigger impact on the game if the players don't do what they're supposed to, right? Yeah. Um, one of the best things I've heard was, uh, Jamie McGregor. I went to this, uh, camp, uh, referee development camp at Chula Vista, uh, and Jamie McGregor, the referee development guy from USA rugby was there. And he was like, given the talk is like a three to anyways, one of the best things he said was that the referee's job is to ensure the transfer of pressure that the teams are creating. Like we're not there to adjudicate who's doing right like who's more dominant is that like all we're there to do is if one team is exerting pressure make sure it gets felt on the other team and if the other team like in tries to get out of it by infringing 
well, we blow up that penalty. Nope. Like the, if the pressure is coming down, you have to stop it by playing within the bounds of the game, not by uh, cheating. And so like there are times when like people get under pressure and they just like flip out as opposed to like taking a deep breath and like working their way out of it. But yeah, like I, that's a very good, yeah, that's very good to, it's a good understand, uh, like giving the understanding to award the referee for that, that like makes you feel like a lot of like just focus on the pressure is coming. If the pressure will always be there in a close game. So you just, right. you just have to take it. If you can't take it, you're not meant to, to, to be there because you need to be able to take heavy pressure that's gonna because it's gonna happen somewhere in one of your games. One game I, you will always have pressure. I do think that um if as refs we take the the I, I refereed Cal Poly UCLA. It ended in a fucking tie, right? It ended in a tie. And UCLA had a score at the death, missed the conversion to to tie it up. So um or something, yeah, it was a 29 29 game. I didn't get my head ripped off after that game because I felt like I during the game I had been working hard to build up a lot of um like good rapport with the teams, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that way when those pressure moments come, there's already not this frustration, right? Like I work real hard to to be the breakdowns, to communicate, talk people out of, out of penalties. You know, like when people ask questions, I, I answer it, you know, like I, I worked hard to like stay, not stay on the team's good side, but to just like build up good. Um, oh, so there's a word I'm looking for, like just good momentum. So that way, yeah. when, if I do screw up or if it is like, they don't rip my head off, you know, like, and, yeah. I, and I, and I tell like there, there, I did a women's SoCal women's final D1 final and like uh Santa Monica scored well I wore it a try a Tempe girls on the ground when the girl gets up the Tempe girl had her hand under the ball and I've already awarded the try and she looks at me and I was like I'm really sorry I didn't see that I'm thanks for not ripping my head off and she's like eh, okay fine and she just like walks away and it's like thanks <laughs> thanks so much <laughs> because yeah, like, we are we are humans right yeah, it won't make the thing. Right. But it, but then like I also try to always give the benefit of the doubt to the like people, you know, especially in a in a scoring position. I try to get the benefit of the doubt there. But then on the flip side, I always try to get the benefit of the doubt to like particularly late hit on kickers. You know what I'm saying? Like I to me, if you're gonna give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team, you need to also be able to give the benefit of the doubt to the defenders at some point. And to me, late late charges are like one of those places that if the defender is engaged and the guy takes longer to kick, like he asked for it, you know, but. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's, you, you, you made that, that decision, like that opportunity. And then, yeah, no, I'm, I'm no, with you on that one. Nothing could stop you from kicking earlier. Here's the thing that yeah. I haven't, I want to bring up with the colleges um, at that Cal Poly UCLA game. Well, what I don't like is the weaponization of calls against teams right i'll give an example so in that cal poly ucla game as i'm walking up to the game i'm talking with some parents turns out this irish guy was a referee before his and then i believe his son was the fly half for ucla something happens uh you see the ucla kid is running down the far touch line i get blocked out he goes for a chip i don't see there's some contact i, I get blocked out i can't see it and that fucking dad comes down to the side to the sideline because right on the spectator sideline 
that's a hit to the head. That's a red card. Yeah, just going ballistic. And I was like, oh, God. And, and let's, it's shit like that, right? Like, I didn't see it. I know the kid that did it, and he's a good kid. I don't think he, like, would have I, – I penalized him for changing his angle because I did see the use of the player, like, go to run through and then get hit and stop. So I said, okay, he changed his angle. I didn't see a head, head shot. I watched the video afterwards. I couldn't see a head shot. But, like, that type of situation is there where we're – you know, like the purpose of the game is to like build more pressure on the opposition. But then like when something happens, like a high tackle or something like that, get that's a high tackle. That needs to be a red. And now they want to get this like advantage for the rest of the game because someone screwed yeah, up or something true. as opposed to them working hard for it. Yeah, like, that's true. The weaponization of, of penalties and cards, like – I think is antithetical to the game, but again, does that happen in South Africa? Cause I feel like in America that looking for little advantages like that is, is a very American thing to do. Yeah. We, we, we don't usually do that. Like when I was in high school, we, we never do that. Like we just play the rest of the game because we don't, the game is already so physical that small things like this don't really come into play. And then, you just just play on. They were just trying to to make get through the game and have a better game. Right. There was no need for something like that they, because you already get there's so much different things that you can get at get advantage yeah. out of and play forward that that small stuff like that doesn't even feel like at all. You're owning it the whole game. No. But right. then the next moment they score, so it's like something like that doesn't really happen. It's like the weaponization of safety. Like we're all trying to make sure everyone's safe, right? But then, like when you weaponize the safety, like I think that's not beneficial to anybody because all it does is it doesn't help the game. Um, any like, so, how do you think the college stacks up? The college game stacks up with the men's game. Do you think like I believe that the best men's clubs are going to beat the best colleges in Florida just because they're more experienced. But like, how does the college game um, stack up? Do you think that you think it's well, like, a, well, if, if, let's say if we have to, let's say like, for example, like our, the, the national, the state champions plays against um, the state champions of the colleges, like the men's against the college, the, the, the men's will win, but the colleges will be more structured towards it. The colleges are more a structure. So you give, you play the mains in the beginning of the year and playing them in the end of the year will be two different games because during the season, they just get better at their structure. I believe if the college team is on their prime, like just won the state championship and go play the main state champions, it will be a really good contender game. But on the end of the day, I believe that the mains will pull it through because they're just like a little bit more physical than the colleges is. But it's not, don't take away that the college is not super physical. It's just they're, they're structured a little bit different. They will run better lines. They will have more structure in the line out, the scrums. They'll have set plays where the mains would just be like, let's just run straight and hit them in the face. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I ask because, like, I wonder, like, I think there's three really good, you know, there's probably a, a handful of really good men's programs, but I think there's, more really good colleges and so like the oh, college yeah. games are going to just be tighter and then... oh yeah like like the whole season like the, 
I was referring some men's games and then some colleges games. The colleges games a lot it's a lot better to go to than the men's game because in a college game you know you can you can actually stand in a position, get ready to because you know the breakdown's gonna happen here, because it's a little bit also predictable what's gonna happen, where's it gonna happen next. So it's easier to get there. But in a men's game, it's just it's hard to predict what's gonna happen next because they're all just throwing away the ball. All they just there's no structure. But with the colleges games, it's it's a lot tighter, like you said, because you know it's it's two physical physical teams, and the structures are good because the the coaches are good. Like yeah, they understand right. and they, they they can work with the team during the whole year. They it's the same players every time at practice. They they know what they do. They have training. Like coaches give them a certain program to do, and then they do it, and then they get really good results, close games. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. Like, I think the coach, I think the coaching, the quality of coaching we have at the colleges is the highest we have. So like, they're going to have, we're going to have more positive impacts on the players. And then also the players, you know, they don't have to deal with life. You know, they don't have like a full-time job and stuff. They're still in college. They got plenty of time. So they got plenty of time to devote to rugby. So yeah, I, I would agree there. The, so then walk me through, how do you get onto the college games? Like, can you pe- give us a little peek behind the curtain here of how, how are, are you just appointed matches or do you say, I want, I, do you put your hand up for matches? Well, like, like, for example, I, I live down in Fort Myers and then like, so I was, I was coming through the developing program this year as well. And they were trying to give us a little bit bigger games, but then, so they were asking around, like, like, for example, I did a lot lot of Tallahassee games. I like did like three Tallahassee games this year because no one wants to make the drive to Tallahassee. Tallahassee is a six hour drive for me. Mm. But I was the first one to put my hand up when they were asking who wants to go to Tallahassee. I like going to Tallahassee because I know it's gonna be a physical game up there. It's a physical two physical games because they have the, the A and B side games. Yeah. So I know it's gonna be a good game there. Um that of course, it's going to be whoever they play up there is going to be nice and physical. So I like to make the drive up there. I, sh- I do the extra effort to get out of there so I can get to those games. So that's why I want to have competitive games. I don't want to have a runaway game down here where I live. I'd rather make the extra trip to go away and get a bigger game. So I was like putting my hand up the whole time if they ask who wants to do it, who wants to go that far. So, and then I probably after that, they saw that they appointed me to more games so it was more or less like that like i was just putting up my hand and then they were like after that they just gave me a little bit more games so what i so what i actually want to do is i want to make the colleges more attractive for referees to want to come and do more college games you know what i'm saying yeah Uh, so then what happens when like two two refs put their hand is it just first one put their hand up gets it or two people put up like how does that well, I usually say, um, like, I'll email him and be like, um, if nobody wants to go, I'm, I'm willing to make the trip. I, I have no problem with that. And then they're like, yeah, of course. And then they always take good care of you. Like, Tallahassee takes this really good, FSU takes really good care of me. They, they make sure I'm up there. They get me a new hotel. They ask if I want to stay Friday and Saturday night. I usually just stay one night and then leave after the game. And then afterwards, they give me food. And they're like, they'll take care of you. They, they make it actually nice to take care of you. And, um, or when I go like to Orlando, they, um, wherever it is, and, um, they always say, they're always nice and like make it the, make it worth the trip to go up there. So I like, it's not, not usually who's 
as who sticks his hand up first, but nobody wants to drive um, six hours to go ref a game. So right. I'm usually like, I'll do it because I, I like going up there. Or when there's a close game like um, UCF, it's just two hours away from me. Like nobody, everyone has work on a Friday. So I'm willing to go drive up on a Friday. It's mostly who sticks up their hand first. But if we have more, because there's a lot more people that referees in Tampa where they just have to appoint the games nice and long ahead. Then some people will just will go for it. They'll work their plan out of work, and then they'll go at it. So, yeah, yeah. Because I, what I what I want to pitch the idea to the colleges is like the I think the going rate right now for games is one twenty is, is eighty bucks, right? And I want to say, well, let's just yeah. pay one twenty, right? If if the referees, if the way that they get appointed is that is it's a uh, they put their hand up for it, let's just start paying more. Let's just pay more than everyone else. Let's pay. Let's pay one hundred fifty percent. And uh, let's see how it goes. Um, yeah, some, yeah, I, some referees will stick up more than that. Yeah, that's true. I appreciate you going up to Tallahassee. Yeah, because it is a tough one to get up there. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's difficult to get up there. But it's a good facility. And, that, yeah, I'm glad Gomez is getting you guys hotels and, and taking care of you. It's, it's, it's great to hear. Because what we want to do is just, like, we want to make the environment just more welcoming. So, you know, because I – how do we uh, – because to me – if we want to get more refs in the game, we need to, like, I think one of the reasons we don't have more refs is the environment that we put refs in. is just so bad. <laughs> like it is just terrible stuff. And uh, yeah, like referees ultimately are the only ones getting paid on the Saturday, but like we shouldn't be, you know, like let's not make it God awful for them to get paid, you know, like for them to get to work their money. Yeah. So Kyle, what do you think about like what would you tell a kid that like wants to get into refing? Like, you got any tips for him? Well, like usually, I'll, I'll, my approach to if you want to become a ref, you should have at least just have played the game like one or two games before to understand what you're really gonna get into. Understanding that there's a lot of things that's going in your that's gonna happen in the game. So if you if you know understand that like what 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 points I'll give to someone who wants to become a referee is go play it try at least to play one game see if you like it and if you like playing it and or just like the physicality or the things that's going on in the game then becoming a referee is is a great approach you can you go on the field you. You're, you're, you take command of the game, you set the tones because I love the game and you want to have to have let other people have fun. So me saying to like for someone who wants to become a referee is uh, play, have, have you played a game? If they say yes, then be like, it's all about you taking the control of the game. You can be, you don't have to be always right, but you can make like, you can make like, the team like play better. You can make the game better as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like the one thing I will say is I, I try to help teams get further into open play, right? Because what they want to do is they want to score tries and the way the, you know, one of the best ways to ensure you're scoring tries is to have the ball in building phases. So like help teams, I, I feel like as referees, we can help them build phases as opposed to just, penal, you know, blowing the whistle. And I, the taking control, like I, let the players control it, right? They're the ones that are out there playing. Let them kind of deal with that stuff. Um, yeah, it, it, you control you control more of the 
how the how the game would go because if the game is getting loose, people are just throwing right. balls around, right. ball and like you can just be like, no, 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 let's let's stop it. We're let's not gonna let that one breathe. That's this yeah, is nonsense. Let's go back to structure, yeah. yeah. This is that's where danger dangers happen. Right. Danger environments come, and you don't. And another thing is like it should be fun. If you want to become a referee, you're gonna have hard times. It's gonna put you a little bit on pressure, but you should also have fun out of it. It's it's really fun to do it. Yeah, no, I actually think refing is great. It's like an awesome way to stay involved in the game. You know, like I'm actually really enjoying it because I don't have to go and train twice a week. I just you know. I'm, yeah, no, it's just, it's just it's just you can, it, and it's also on your program. It it works with your time. You can you just need to be fit. You don't need to be physically fit. You don't need to, to hit the gym, but as long as you run at least and keep the lungs occupied, yeah, then then you'll be fine. Then it's it's not a if you want to become a, a top referee, you're gonna to have to put a lot more work in. But as a local referee, you don't you don't need to be a star athlete to do it. You can you can be you can be okay. And if you make mistakes, everyone if you make one bad call, it's not gonna be the end of the world. Just make sure you work in it, not to to make the same mistake again. And then after that, teams will like you. If you make one mistake and you fix it the next time, or not make that same call again, then it'll be fine. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. You know, like, uh, and it's okay, like, afterwards, because I was in, I was, as we we're driving up to last this past weekend, I was up there with a bunch of refs. We did this California Cup thing where NorCal, SoCal, the two unions met. And so I had a lot of time with refs. And it was, it was there's a consensus there because there's a bunch of really good refs there. The consensus there was like, you know, as long as we as refs approach the, you know, approach coaches and players with a bit of humility and like, you know, like we can admit when we're wrong. Like, I think yeah. that helps diffuse a lot of the situation with like coaches and players that like get pissed off at refs, you know, cause there's almost this like referees don't quite take accountability for when they mess up, you know, and if, and if we're just like, kind of humil, you know, take some humility and take accountability when we screw up, like, cause we, yeah, we are humans. We are going to screw up. I think that helps a lot with the interactions. Yeah, so that's, true. That's, that's, that's really true. That's what you said right there. Like, if you make one mistake, just own up to it, but and then don't try to do it again. <laughs> right? Yeah, just don't but do it again. Yeah, <laughs> identify the on. problem. Fix and, it. and if they and if the coaches do ask about that and be like, "Well, why did you make that call?" Then you can say, "It well, was I accidentally did the wrong call." But well, you could also then just say, "Listen, this is the picture I saw." Right? Like, so from where I was standing, the picture I saw was this. So that's what I'm calling, right? Like if it was something else happening, well, help me paint me a better picture, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Last question I really got for you is how is the development um, for you as a ref within Florida? Like, what do they, what do you, what, how is that going for you? Like, what, have they painted the, the, the pathway for you to follow? Yeah, they, they more, they say, they get me off to, to more tournaments. They, they sent me like a week, I think two weeks ago to a, a tournament up north where it's more like physical high school games. And they, they're trying to, to push us out to go get out of the state to go do more competitions because here in Florida, we only have a certain amount and then, then it's over. So they signed a coach to me and this year they, the coach worked with me and then I showed him video film where I like when I went up to Tallahassee and then we talked about what, what we can do better for the next game. So. They, the, the coach, they, they definitely try to, to 
to get us out of the, to make us more aware of like, to get out, to get, have better competition and more physical games. Have they, so you're on advantage, huh? Yeah, I'm on advantage, yeah. So then uh, have they taught, because my understanding is that D1A is the, like D1A has a partnership with MLR. So like D1A is kind of like the farm league for MLR, you know, like have they talked, has anyone talked to you about how to get into D1A or talk to Rian or anything or, or is that further down the well, track? Um, well, I've been, so Haley got me, yeah, that, that's not down the track, but like Haley just got me into the, um, I'm part of the South region developing group. Okay. And, so I got I got with me and um, two other referees down here in uh, in Florida we're, we're like part of this developing group. So they they're trying to get us out to more tournaments. Like our names are getting a little bit more recognized right now. Like this this for the next three weeks I'm on on every weekend I'm gone on a trip. Like I'm going to Atlanta for the seventh, and then um, the week after I'm going to Atlanta for the the national fifteenth, and then after that I'm going to New Orleans for the um, CRCs, oh, so nice. they 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 trying to to strip us out to go with the bigger competitions. Nice, yeah. So you go you go to the NCCs in Marietta here in a couple of weeks, and then back to Atlanta for the regionals, for the sorry yeah. the nationals, sorry the the, yeah. the the senior divisional nationals, and then back to Nola. Great, awesome, man. Well, best of luck at those upcoming tournaments. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Any final comments here? Like this, this is this goes directly into like the player, sorry, the presidents and the coaches' ears. So, anything you want to say directly to them? Like, no, no, just just like that. Just keep up the great work that you guys are busy with. Like, keep developing the people. Try to reach out for more players. We we want more players to play rugby. So, the more players we have, the better we can get. And just keep up the good work that you guys are doing. And yeah. And let's and let's build a good environment, right? So like help. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's, let's build a friendly environment for the refs, and then the refs will be, you know, like we'll, we'll have some better interactions. But to ultimately, I think that it starts at the clubs. You know, we we as the clubs need to do a better job. Um, and then I think that you know it can help filter back. We we can start the cycle. I'm not saying it's always on the club. There's going to be points when it's you know outside their control. But like let's start the cycle there, and then yeah, but yeah. Kyle, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much. I appreciate being part of it. All right, brother. Take it easy, man. You as well.